Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a landowner who went to the marketplace early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, After agreeing with the laborers on the usual daily wage, he sent them to the vineyard. Now, at about nine o'clock, the landowner came back and found others standing idle in the marketplace. So he said, you also go into my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. Then again at noon and again at three o'clock, he came and did the same. Then, at five o'clock, the landowner came back and found still others standing around. And he said, why are you standing here idle all day long? And they said, well, no one has hired us. So the landowner said, you also go into my vineyard. And they went. Finally, when evening came, the landowner called his manager and said, Gather the laborers and give them their pay, starting with the ones that I hired last and then going to the first. So the manager called those who had been hired at about five o'clock and gave them the usual daily wage. Now, when those who had been hired first came, they thought that they would receive more. But instead, they received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last ones worked just one hour, and you have made them equal to us. We who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat landowner said to each one of them, friend, I have done you no wrong. Didn't you and I agree on the usual daily wage? So take what's yours and go. I choose to give to these last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I'm generous? And so, Jesus said, the last will be first and the first will be last. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So I want to introduce you to Art Rainey. Maybe you know him already. Art's become a, a member here at All Saints recently. And in the last two weeks, he's been 
outside on the parking lot. He's been painting new lines to designate some of our old parking spots as handicapped parking spots. See, Art here is in a wheelchair. You can see that. Art also made his first contact with All Saints through our fruit pantry. So he cares quite a lot about people with disabilities who come to our pantry. And he said, we need to have some handicapped parking spots down here by this food pantry entrance. And would you believe that Art is, has been out here not only painting lines in the parking lot in his wheelchair, but out of his wheelchair, laying on the parking lot itself with his roller and his yellow paint, doing God's work. Now, Art was not out there grumbling, saying, I can't believe I have to be out here painting this parking lot. Instead, he was full of joy and gratitude and said, I can't tell you what it means to me to be out of my apartment and doing something. Let me share a quote with you. The question is not, how can we help people with disabilities? But a more important question is, how can people with disabilities give their spiritual gifts to us and call us to love? Henry Nouwen said that. He lived for a great part of his life with people with disabilities. And it just so happens that the Southeastern Iowa Synod, this little corner of the church that we live together with, has designated this Sunday as Differently Abled Sunday. Differently Abled. Now, you could say, well, that's just another word, one of those PC, politically correct words for handicapped or disabled. Differently abled. But there's some wisdom that would say, you know, why would we define people by what they lack? Why would we give people a label that says what they can't do? And what if we related to everyone, everyone, on the basis of what they can do on the basis of what they enjoy doing, on the basis of what people can share for the sake of God's kingdom. What if? Man, I know All Saints, you know All Saints, is a congregation full of people who care deeply about people with disabilities special needs. But even this idea is pretty radical. To treat everyone on the basis of what we can do. It's actually pretty new. It's also not widely affirmed. To create relationships and communities and congregations and institutions and social structures that reflect this equality between all people, 
including people with disabilities. Jesus said, the last will be first and the first will be last. What Jesus is talking about is how Jesus himself ushers in this radical kind of equality. And what we see happening in this parable is that those who are accustomed to getting more are surprised and angry. I think this parable also shows us something we already know, which is that everyone thinks equality is a good idea until they see what it costs. Money, time, power, prestige. And the bottom line good news about this parable is that it's not up to humans. This is God's good earth. And everything on it is on loan. It's borrowed. God does what God wants with what belongs to God. And God insists that there be radical equality and mutual relationships and an end to imbalance on any basis. So it is that this differently abled Sunday is based on a vision of God's radical equality in the world. Back in April, I went to a conference in Omaha on ministry with people with special needs. One of the keynote speakers was talking about accessibility. How accessible is our parking lots, our bathrooms? Maybe we've got that more or less figured out. How accessible is our worship? How accessible are our congregational processes of making decisions or leadership. It's challenging everyone, but inviting us, actually, to this broad and gracious vision of what it means to be God's people. And even if we had all those things figured out, there would be bigger questions about how accessible is this location through things like public transit, which actually is a great example of how everyone thinks equality is a good idea until it costs something. Public transit is not very highly funded in our place. The buses won't get you everywhere you need to go. We know how difficult that is through our food pantry ministry, how people will come on the bus for an hour to get a huge bulky box of food and then have to get back on the bus to take it home. So instead of thinking about what the cost of public transportation is, why don't we count the cost in a different way? The cost of isolating everyone who cannot drive. What does All Saints lose in that equation? Who is missing from worship, Bible study, and fellowship, and our meetings when people who cannot drive don't have a way of getting here? And this just brings us back to that quote. It's not about how we can help people 
with disabilities or special needs. It's about how they can share their gifts as people too. It's about a mutuality in our relationships and not one where I am always the helper, the giver, and you are always the one who is helped and the one who receives. But instead, where we're all in this together. And what I lose in that scenario is I don't get to be in charge in the way that I was before. I don't get to be actually as insecure as I was in that set-apart position. And what the ones who are always helped, the, always, the ones who are defined as needing, what they will lose is that sense of being inferior and that idea that they're always going to be taken care of, care of by somebody else. We all lose a little something, but what is it that we stand to gain? Each other. I mean, the basis of a mutual relationship is listening. Listening. I mean, listening to the fact that those guests at our food pantry struggle so much for a box of food that's worth maybe 20 bucks. Or listening to Art, who says, man, that front ramp may be a ramp and not stairs, but it is still long and pretty steep. I think anybody who's helped push Art up that ramp knows. Or how about the voice that says, I feel like I don't belong anywhere in this whole wide world. You know, it's listening that brings us up against our basic assumptions. Our assumption that, hey, those workers in the marketplace who didn't get hired until 5 o'clock, they were capable but not willing. Or were they not capable and they needed help? Listening in relationship takes us past assumptions like that so we can know truly what everyone has to give and what everyone needs to receive. So those ones who were hired last, let's talk about those ones. Were they really able to work but not willing? So we can think a little bit about who gets hired last today in our world? Who is unemployed now? Last night, the Iowa candidates for governor debated. They agreed that Iowa's uh, unemployment rate was 6.6%. They wanted to lower it, but there's always someone who's unemployed in our economy. And 6.6% doesn't count the ones who've given up trying, given up looking. So it turns out that the people who always get hired last are older workers and younger workers and workers with darker skin and workers with criminal backgrounds and workers with disabilities. Workers like art. So there are our labels staring us in the face, abled, disabled, 
and the truth that when we say normal, we really mean best. So do we have to wonder? I think we do. I wonder this. We live in an economy that values some people more than others. Are they really worth less? People with disabilities. Do they deserve less dignity? Do they deserve to live without the dignity of fruitful labor? Do their families need less food? So the same keynote speaker, this conference in Omaha, talked about a list. This was the list of qualities that parents of children with intellectual disabilities made. And the question for these parents was, what gifts do your children have? What gifts do your children have? These are parents children with intellectual disabilities. You know what the top two things on the list were? Joy and kindness. It wasn't reading. It wasn't math. But this keynote speaker went on to say, who doesn't want a congregation full of more people with joy? Who doesn't want a congregation that's full of more people who are kind. We have to agree in the end that those who were hired first were not harmed at all when the ones who were hired last received the same. And so we celebrate here at All Saints that everyone gets to pitch in in their own way. Whether it's painting stripes on the parking lot or mowing the lawn or preparing for worship or helping out with Sunday school. We also give financially in the ways that we are able. And so our giving, both in terms of our time and our money, this isn't a burden. This is a a gift and a great joy that we get to work alongside of the Apostle Paul who would rather stay alive and do fruitful labor, and depart and be with Jesus. So, here again, we're back to the governor's debate last night, and taxes came up, but it was all about who was getting what tax cut, as if taxes are simply a burden. But aren't taxes also the way that we invest in each other? Aren't taxes the way that we invest in all of our people. Give everyone equal access to the things that matter most through public transportation and education and job training and child care and accessibility that starts with sidewalks and parking lots but is just the beginning. So I hope by now it's clear why someone who would have told such a beautiful parable, would wind up crucified. Why someone who stood for everyone belonging, who stood for receiving everyone's gifts, who stood for investing equally in everyone, why would that one get betrayed and killed?
that brings us back to another basic human equality is we are all in sin. We need God's forgiveness. And thanks to Jesus Christ, we all have ex- are accessible to that forgiveness. There's every ramp, an elevator, and parking spot right by the door of God's grace and forgiveness. Jesus died to give it to you and me and everyone, no matter what our abilities are, or our work, or our income. Jesus gave away healing and forgiveness and freedom too freely. But Jesus also rose from the dead, which is the good news that it's not up to us humans. God is for equal equality between people. God is for that radical equality, not just equal pay, but equal love. And not equal love alone, but also an equal share of God's good creation. God will do what God chooses with what belongs to God. Thanks be to God and Jesus Christ, we get to get on that bus too. Thanks be to God.